What's going on, golf addicts? Welcome to the Tour Junkies betting preview for the Honda Classic 2021 from PGA National. DB here. I got my boy Pat Perry with me. We just wrapped up the DraftKings preview. Had a lot of fun on that one. Crazy picks. Crazy picks. Crazy stuff happened on that show. More crazy stuff coming on this show as we have special guest Jeff Feinberg joining us very shortly. As always, we're presented by our friends at FantasyNational.com. Head over to FantasyNational.com slash TJ. That's FantasyNational.com slash TJ to get 20% off your membership. You can choose weekly, monthly, or annual memberships. And if you change back and forth on the membership plans, the 20% off discount stays with you. So if you want to test it out for weekly and then bump it up to a year because you love it, then do that, okay? It's the go-to spot. It's where we've been going for four years now, I think. For all of our PGA Tour, Corn Ferry Tour data, it's everything you need. Strokes gain data, unique proprietary stats, ownership projections, uh, models, lineup builders, recent form, course history, everything you want to know. Like I said, even got Corn Ferry Tour now, too, and that's going to be something you can bet on. Um, And, yeah, it's all clean data from the PGA Tour, which a lot of sites cannot say that. So fantasynational.com slash TJ is where you go to get the 20% off discount. It's our favorite place. They're awesome. They treat us well, and they treat you well. So check it out. Pat, the Players' Championship is behind us. Honda Hangover Week 2021 is here. If you are watching live on YouTube, thank you very much. Um, We appreciate that. If you watched last week, then if you watched the DraftKings show, if you watched the betting show, if you watched TJ After Dark, you saw us talk about one Justin Thomas, and we said, 20 to 1 is too big of a number to hang on a guy with the elite caliber game and win equity of Justin Thomas. And hopefully you didn't do that. And a lot of you didn't. A lot of you, uh, you know, a lot of you did bet on Justin Thomas. A lot of green screens, a lot of money won. It was great stuff. I'm happy about it. Now, I know you and I, uh, we kind of broke even on DraftKings. Of course, Ben Little, who wrote the chalk bomb made JT the chalk bomb, and he's going to pay a hefty price for that. He's going to take a ranch water shot on the show. Um, but yeah, Pat, the, the hangover's real, but JT pulled one out. Good to see him win. I'm happy for him. He's been through a lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I mean, JT winning was fantastic, and, the, and then just getting that number at 20 to 1, it's like you said on the show, when you see something like that for a guy like Justin Thomas, just hammer it, and you know what? Don't do your normal bet. You know, just like double or triple it. Like, like that just may don't be irresponsible, do like, but okay. I don't care. You know, if you see a number like that for JT, like just don't then go with your, if you're going to put $5 or whatever, $10 on your 150 to one guy, just take that off, take it off the table and, and, and just rake it back over towards JT at 20 to one. That's, that's what you do. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's definitely one of those, you know, we talked about earlier, like you picking Brooks Kepka a few weeks ago at the Waste Management at like 30 or 40 to 1. It was just one of those things where like you see you, you see a, a name like that with win equity as, as much as they have and the ability to slam the door on Sunday or chase it down and go get it on Sunday. And you see a big number like that just because they've had a couple bad events or for whatever reason. It's just something to pay attention to every single every single week on the PJ Tour. It's just something you got to think about. Um, and JT was just too that, that number was too big. Twenty one was way too big, and a lot of you made the books pay the price. So congrats to you. 
Shout out. I see Bryce Moore is live in the YouTube chat. Bryce is putting a new fence in the backyard. He told us in the nut hut earlier. He's like, hey, I get a new fence. Thanks to JT. We talked to him about carving. He's going to put a Golby logo up on that fence. He's going to put a Golby. Carve that thing in. He's going to carve that bad bitch in there. It's going to be lovely. It's going to be absolutely lovely. Um, by the way, speaking of the Nut Hut, if you don't know, you can win two free months of Nut Hut access. Everybody can win. Everybody can win. Everybody can be winners here. Everybody can be winners. Everybody can take advantage of this. Here's what you got to do. We want you to join Monkey Knife Fight. Join the action over at Monkey Knife Fight. It's a good time. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a different way to bet on golf, and it's a lot of fun. So if you go to playmkf.com slash Nut Hut, that is playmkf dot com slash nut hut you see a lovely landing page there all you do is sign up through that page new users sign up through that page make your first deposit play your first real money game that's key play your first real money game within 48 hours guess what monkey knife fight is going to let us know you did that and then we're going to send you an email with all the access links and everything you need to get into the nut hut and you get two free months for free and get rolling in the nut hut it's a lot of fun uh, and people win a lot of money over there and building lifelong internet friendships. So check that out. Playmkf.com slash nuthut. Play your first real money game. Get a deposit match as well while you're at it. They'll give you a deposit match up to 50 bucks, and you get two free months of the Nut Hut. Everybody can take advantage of that. That's not a drawing. Everybody gets it. So hop on there and do it. Pat, let's, uh, let's get into this, man. Tell me a little bit about the golf course, and then we're going to bring in our esteemed friend and uh, and just freaking awesome guy jeff feinberg but tell us a little bit about the golf course well i mean i gotta make this short and sweet i mean i can't make our our, our guests wait mm-hmm. i mean the esteemed jeff feinberg but i'm gonna make this uh quick uh we are at pga national this week it is a par 70 playing just over 7100 yards we've got 144 players in the field this week t65 and ties will make the cut bermuda grass pretty much t to green here they do typically get this course uh very difficult. It plays as one of the most difficult regular courses on tour outside of uh, the majors. The rough is is typically pretty penal. The uh, there's a ton of water on this course. You got to stay out of there. There's 15, 15 of the eighteen holes have uh, water in play, so that is very important. You can't just be spraying it all over the place, uh, and you've got to avoid the big numbers. So for me, I'm definitely looking at stats like bogey avoidance this week. I'm looking at you know driving accuracy. Fairways gained on Fantasy National. I think that's something that uh, is an important stat. Certainly ball striking as well. This is definitely a ball strikers golf course. And we got the bear trap. The bear trap, DB. You got to look out for that. Holes 15 to 17. They play as one of the more, more difficult three-hole stretches on tour. So, uh, yeah, don't, don't, you got you to be scared of the bear trap when yeah. you go in there. Two par fives this week, which are reachable. I think when you hit these par fives, you've got to score on them. You cannot, you cannot get in trouble off the tee there. You got to, you got to score there, and that's the way this course is. It's like a grinder's course. You got to make your pars. You can't really, you know, get in too much trouble. And then when you got your birdie chances, you got to convert them. And then weather can be a huge factor here. We're going to see some wind. I think we're going to see. Uh, it's not going to be. Uh, you know, we may see some rain later in the weekend. But as far as uh, the elements, the wind is certainly key, so we'll want to look at that later in the week. That's all I got, DB. I don't know if you got any other thoughts, but uh, right now you're the one holding us up between our esteemed <laughs> guests. I would just say, I mean, there's some, there's some, the the numbers of past winners here. You got Sung Jae who won last year at thirty five to one. 
one of my favorite this this week holds a special place in my heart. I hit Keith Mitchell at uh, two hundred to one here in twenty nineteen. We also hit Jonathan Vegas at one fifty to one that same week as the first round leader. And I finished second in Pat Mayo's Listener League that that week. Had a great week. The Honda twenty nineteen will live in infamy for me. Uh, a lot like Jeff Feinberg's uh, twenty sixteen Masters, where Danny Willett won. I can't remember. Yeah, JT went at twelve to one. Fowler at sixteen to one, and Adam Scott at twenty to one. So you know, most for the most part, it's kind of shorter numbers. But this field is total, just absolute dog. I, I don't know if that's going to be the case this this week. So, all right. Without further ado, producer Sam, let's bring on uh, one of our f- absolute favorites and longtime friends in the biz, Mr. Jeff. Feinberg, what up? What up, boys? What up, dude? What up, man? You're doing not gonna, good. Happy to happy to throw down. You're not gonna let the let the quaff out. You're gonna hold it up underneath that Titleist hat. You're, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I could. Yeah. It's just, you know, I was supposed. To, we're in some pretty still like restricted times, at least where I live. And I was supposed to have a home cut today, like someone come to the house. <laughs> It's been too much, but all right. And there you go. Yeah, man. You got to uh, let that let that quaff ride, man. Let that lettuce yeah, live. So, it's good to have let's you. Let's do this. Yeah. It's, ready to roll. We've never had you on the show, Jeff, which is kind of insane. You know, we keep having Pat on the show. I don't know why we haven't had you. You know, and, and I think Pat needs to have our Pat on the show instead of having me. Yeah. I think so. Uh, whatever. Whatever. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if anybody really wants that, do they? Oh, yeah. Do a little Pat on Pat action for sure. <laughs> hey Jeff, do you have any podcast juice tonight? Do I have any podcast juice? Uh, no, Come no, on, I don't. Jeff, what are I, we I, I didn't know that was a requirement. I got we... some Canadian iced tea. <laughs> okay, well that counts. We, we've had we've had people not drink uh, adult beverages on the show before. That's fine. I can, I can, I could, I could, I got a fridge beside me here. Lift something so. up. Um, Jeff, I, I think, um, I mean, I think the people want us to start with, uh, with your Bryson, the, the Bryson take here first. I think that's uh, where we're uh, going to start. And I want to, I want to bring this up. I'm going to show a screenshot here of the tweet that, uh, now we, uh, now, I will say uh, this, I, I will say this. We already had Jeff slated to come on the show. So Jeff was already coming. Uh, it's on true. Yeah, okay. It's true. But then he throws out this, this tweet here. The Bryson drives are, I guess, mind blowing, but it's his putting I melt for. Mm. For mm. I melt for because it crushes his haters so much more. Uh, parentheses, amazing they can still exist. I doubt they follow me. <laughs> if you hate <laughs> Bryson, we see the world so differently. You shouldn't be following me <laughs> now. Now, Jeff, I saw that. Yeah, I shouldn't have said that. I I, I shouldn't have said that even. I don't know. I, I kind of eat my own words. You should be like, it's an entertainment many, television show. You should be able to hate whoever you want. Like yeah. I, I kind of, I got to walk that back. Okay. A bit, but, but I how do many, love, I do love Bryson. Do how love many him. tweets do you feel like you have to walk back a, a week? Not as many as I used to. It's, it's far less than I used to. I've even like made a concerted effort not to even like get into squabbles anymore. It's, it's kind of pointless. Every time I like, every time I do anything, like I, I interact or I give somebody who like doesn't deserve it. Like, like just too much attention. Mayo always like just 
looks at me like a, like a disappointed father. Like, what's the matter with you? Because yeah. he's never he's never like engaged with anybody. Like, he'll make one like sort of jab, but he's never gonna get in a back and forth like ever. He will not give you the satisfaction of getting him like in a squabble. Like, no. So he always like just encourages like just drop it like just die. so I've gotten better at that like I don't think I've done like been in a Twitter fight in a really long time outside of being attacked by Miami Dolphins Twitter or, or Reddit this year because I made a <laughs> comment that went viral in there like you don't want that you don't, you don't want to like go viral within like a crazy fan base is like Reddit they come they come they found me. Oh. But I don't know. I don't know. I guess we could go on to the Honda. There were so many, so many things. I think I had the juice, but I don't. (laughs) So many things to unpack there. (laughs) I mean, the three of us could probably start a a, a support group for uh, starting fights on Twitter and having fights on Twitter. And Mayo could be our counselor for sure. And Pat and I have both looked at each other with those father, disappointed father eyes. I think we've each each shared that. yeah, and Pat asked that question about walking it back because he's done plenty of those. That's exactly why. I That's asked why that he question. asked. Yeah, yeah, welcome back. I'm not afraid to walk him back and say I was wrong. I this part of it, Twitter, it's all you kind of regret it sometimes, but I, I don't know, just what I feel in the moment, and I hit send. So it is yeah. what it is. Yeah, it's your account. You get to do with it what you want. Now I can't, but we gotta, we gotta. Yeah, we gotta talk about it. We sure. gotta talk let's, about it. Let's do this. I just, I just, and I don't know how much you've heard of my my Bryson rants, which I have a couple on record. Um, yeah, I, I've heard. Okay, so I, I just, I, I, and I gave you those Instagram links. I basically get if everybody, if nobody That's, knows, yeah. I gave Jeff some Instagram links of Bryson's, a few of my favorites. I actually have a collection of of his saved to Instagram that just says it's just called Bryson shit. Um, I gave you a few of those links to to look at, and and I just said like I, I kind of flipped it on you, and I didn't I didn't mean to, but I just kind of said like tell me why t- tell me why I shouldn't dislike the guy after this. Okay, they're 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 gut wrenchingly awful, awful gut wrenching. I don't disagree with <laughs> anything you're saying. I only defend it by saying I truly believe. He lacks full self-awareness. Like, I think he might be on the spectrum somewhere. Yeah. But somewhere on it where you're still allowed to, like, <laughs> you know, he's not sort of, like, held back physically or mentally. Like, just socially so awkward. In a way that, like, when Brock, when Brooks, like, says that crazy shit, like, golf's not hard or he kind of takes a shot at the field. Like, he knows what he's doing. He's self-aware. He And then even admitted, like, yeah, I like being a shit disturber. Like, I, Bryson to me is the complete opposite. Like, he lacks total self-awareness. I'm not saying that as a compliment either. Like, that is not a compliment. Um, yeah, that's the only way I can defend it. Like, he doesn't even see it the same way we see it. But it's corny. It's horrible and it is painful, but I am so here for everything that's become this, this Bryson show, because like a lot of people, like we, we had no doubts. This guy would have been a multi-time winner 
very good uh, player without any transfer, like literally sticking to what got him on tour yeah. and through college. Like he would have probably won a major. Like I don't even doubt that. So to a certain extent, I would argue he he is um, one of the most fascinating athletes like on planet Earth. And I'm just like here for the show. But I do feel bad. I do walk back like, Anyone could hate him. Like, uh, look at me. Like, I I live the bit on so many guys. I don't even know why, like, where it started from. Some of the hatred. But <laughs> Mayo brings it out. And I, I can live the bit where it becomes a truth. So I should never say, like, you shouldn't hate. You could hate any anybody. I, I take that back. You have the to- Everyone has the total right to hate them and anyone they want but yeah i think i gotta mark it up to self-awareness a lacking and i I, is it would asperger's be like proper would that be like if you if you found out he'd had that would that really shock you i mean i don't know enough about that to say one way or the other but when you say on the spectrum i totally could see that i mean he's he's like a he's a savant in some ways and he's completely uh just completely lacking in others. I, I think it's hard for me because it, it's hard for me to, um, it, it's hard for me to communicate to everybody all at once that yes, I both think that the person is a total tool that I would, I think he's the definition of a tool and it, not someone that I would ever want to hang out with or be around, not someone that I would probably choose to, to spend time or, or to, to spend time with, but I highly respect what he's done. Highly respect what he's done. I am all for him being a part of the game that that the three of us love to cover and talk about. We need him. Like like we we need him like air to breathe right now, especially with Tiger being potentially out of this whole picture. Like we need guys like Bryson. You know, we're the three of us, well, at least me and you. I don't know about Pat. We're team Reed, right? Like we need guys like yeah. this, right? So I completely acknowledge those things. It's really hard because people will hear me rant about some dumb social video that he did, and they immediately think, you know, their, their first response to me is like, "God, DB, well, I mean, isn't he good for the game? Like, you get, you're talking about him, you know, and and I mean, you got to respect what he's done. And yes, I completely all of that. I a hundred percent all of that. The videos are cringeworthy, and a lot of what he says in press, yeah. in press yeah. conferences are cringe worthy it's just so bad i mean you, you know I, I obviously built up a nice nice little deck of screenshots yeah here. no it all uh, you know hey video, hey jeff will you ride down the road with me and video me driving in my car and just uh you know maybe cleaning my pool or r- right here it after- is so fucked up <laughs> yeah no it, it to me it's just <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey! I want you to be standing there when I wake up in the morning, so you can video me getting a getting a milkshake. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I only want to just it reinforces uh, he's part of the show. I, I'm just so here for it. And I guess in many ways, my comment was really made to like on the course. And I do forget that there are a lot of like off course reasons that someone can annoy you. Yeah. And like, I would be a hypocrite to not acknowledge that. Like Justin Rose's corniest shit annoys <laughs> me. I like to make fun of it. So <laughs> you didn't yeah, enjoy yeah, all his commercials. Yeah. All, all I don't his commercials. Know. I'm just, 
I, I'm here for for his. I don't know his tie his takeover in many ways. Yeah, I you know I used to be a Kings of Leon fan, but he ruined. I was watching those videos before the, the show, and he ruined Kings of Leon. Use somebody. He's <laughs> a big Kings of Leon guy. That he did that. But look, I'm with you, though. I mean, I think the thing about it is you have to, when you think of Bryson, it's on the course and off the course. I mean, on the you course, separate I don't see, I don't see how you can not like him on the course. I really don't. Now, his antics on the course, his personality on the course, that kind of stuff. But his game itself, to me, is it's good for the game. I mean, it gets people. I mean, yeah, and there's a lot like, of annoying self talk. It's annoying, oh, like yeah. Spieth annoying. Ugh. It's I think, I think it's worse. even worse. I think like when we got started talking about like the softness of the green yesterday or something, he's like players champion. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, like yeah, this is a players championship. Who said that? <laughs> Who said that? Bryson did. Oh, Bryson God. hit a ball, didn't roll out out of a bunker, um, like he thought because. In his mind, he hit it absolutely perfect. <laughs> of course. Therefore, there should have been a result that was perfect because he was going on for 20 seconds about how perfect he hit the <laughs> yeah. ball. Yeah. But, and then he hit the putt, though. He hit the putt. Okay. Okay. You, you talked about his putting in the tweet, right? And, and, that that's another thing that people go. Oh, it's not you know. You're pissed off that he's he's gaining all this distance. He's using a whatever driver, and you're not you're ignoring the putting. He's putting the lights out. But the, the legality, the line of the whole arm lock thing is under serious scrutiny in my mind. Like I I yeah, think probably sure. I think all that's. I don't know that we're gonna see that for forever. I, I just I, I just don't know that's gonna happen. So. I, but but you know he's figuring out he's gonna do he's gonna do what he can to to do as good as he can I respect that and and he should do that he should completely do that. Uh, it's but, part of like the body that he's put together. Like he is taking the rules as they are currently constructed and like going to test the limits. Yeah. On them and I guess with the putting he's taking it all the way like maybe even into that gray area. Yeah. But until they do anything, he's gonna just keep keep doing it, doing it. I, I, yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere. Like he's going to be a top player for, for some time. He possesses dominant skill sets that will certainly, it's hard to imagine. There's not going to be multiple times a year where the driving and the putting aren't there in the same weeks. Cause they're both so, so good. And, and yeah, I guess that's it. Let me let me ask this take though. Let's let's talk about the golf aspect of it, and and in particular the betting aspect of Bryson. Have you not seen? To me, it seems like when you are looking at Bryson, especially from betting or a DFS standpoint, it always seems like a streaky deal for him. Like if you can get on him when he's about to hit a streak, or you see something, and then and then you can because if you notice, like he wasn't playing good at all before, you know, really. Until like what two or three, he showed some signs at concession at the WGC, and then all of a sudden he hit the streak that he's on right now. Do you think that's how you know he's going to be through his career throughout his career, where you just kind of he's not going to be consistently like week in and week out, you know, one of the favorites to win, but he's got that kind of streaky sense to him because of how his game is. I mean, when you when you're as technical as he is, I do think that you can be completely off for a little while, but then when you're on. You're on, and that's when you got to hop on it and just stay with it. 
Yeah, but then there's even weeks like last week where he was like, I didn't feel comfortable over the ball, and he drops double barrel 69s, and he is in in contention despite, you know, in his mind not uh, feeling comfortable. His ceiling is so good. So when you bet on Bryson, you're like betting on the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you know if you get the ceiling, you are in great shape, and you can literally trust even in a rut Oh, he hasn't played well the last couple of weeks. Well, like no one is probably like working harder to fix those thin margin things that are struggling. So like him just fixing it instantly is no surprise because you know how hard he's like grinding to make the options. And and no one should ever be compared to Tiger. But in terms of his like all-in dedication to the craft. And perfecting himself, he's like, he can be compared to Tiger in that respect. In that, like, we haven't seen anything like what he's doing um, in terms of a dedication to craft, like a chasing something. Like, so on that level, like, it is Tiger like. I'm never going to go there with the, uh, in any other part of it. Um, you know, he'd have to win six more majors or if we even start any kind of discussion. But so it's all in, incredibly impressive, and I'm I'm here for for the for the show. It's interesting. Like it'll be really interesting to see with someone who goes that hard, like all in on one, and it just gets so laser focused. You know, it, I'm 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 like old enough to now like be able to live through guys who come into the game that I, I watch so closely in college and then you see them get married, right? And you see them have their first kid. We talk about strokes gain yeah, home, yeah. home life all the time. It'll be very interesting to see how Bryson navigates. And then you see them become journeymen, like you've been, you watched them so long to yeah. the point where now they're like journeymen in the game. It's creepy, yeah. yeah it's very creepy, but, but that will be interesting to see how Bryson like manages all of that because he's only had to manage himself and like his what his, what his thing is and what he's doing around and it all the whole universe centers around golf, right? It'll be very interesting to see how that how that happens for him. Um, yeah, I I agree. I think there will probably be a couple years where his priorities change and he puts himself like all into like family and his mm-hmm. kids, like because I like he doesn't seem like a guy's gonna do anything half ass, so. Yeah. I don't I don't doubt that how he'll age. Um certainly potentially a fair questions as those blockers I guess come in. But you know, as I discussed with Mayo, I think a couple weeks ago, it seems like the guys that do like everything very good have a lot harder time winning than the guys that do like one or two things fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> like you look at like Xander and Fina, like the guys that can just ride that fucking stats, like they do everything like really I know Fino's got the putting issue, but yeah. but you'd almost rather be able to be like dominant in a couple areas than like consistently like just very good. Cause when it's time to win, like what you do great, it's time it's sh- yeah, that's where you're gonna gonna change things. So I don't know. We'll see. He does a couple things great that make up for any any yeah. flaws, certainly. All right, last question on Bryson. Did you, be honest, did you watch all 15 minutes of the quarantine Instagram video? No, I could never get through all 15. <laughs> I can't. Like, that's too painful. 
It's so corny. (laughs) It makes you think like it, it, it probably like anybody who was in his life earlier and had moments of like regretting not being in it anymore. You watch that and you're like, yeah, I know exactly why. Like I had no interest in like knowing this guy. (laughs) Bryson's the guy at the gym doing the yes, no machine that all the girls do where you do your legs. Yes. No. no. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on. He's not even playing this week. What the hell are we doing? We got Jeff Feinberg on the show, right? Like the, the, he's the man, he's the, the betting, the golf betting man, the golf betting guru. Jeff, uh, tell the people, what do you, what do you even, like, what's one of the first couple things you even do when you start to, you know, it's Monday or maybe you start on Sunday, you're starting to look at the betting odds dropping for that week's event. What are some of the first, first couple things that you're looking at that you, that you do in your process and then kind of work into how that's, uh, looking for you for, for this week's Honda? Uh, I would say the first thing I do, like a lot of people, like going into Monday, Sunday night, you're like sort of just pondering the event. There's a couple guys who you're like really interested to see what numbers they'll post. So I don't know. I guess I'd say those would be the first guys that that um, catch my eye. But I always say my process, it's like. You know, I'm one of those guys, like, I like eating chicken nuggets, I like eating hot dogs, but I would never want to see the video, like, how the hot dog is made, and it would, like, ruin the experience for me. Yeah. So, like, if I really want to go too much into my, like, total experience, other than to say, <laughs> no, I don't have special access, I just watch what everyone else is watching, I get to read the same transcripts, I sort of take my thoughts, I do, I don't, I'm not lying, I'm I build my kind of own perceptions and I'm lucky I get to sit across from Mayo and try to confirm what my perceptions are uh, or, you know, whether that's just, if that perception's built in any reality and, uh, you know, I, and I'm the tools and just having access to a lot of guys that like run the models and you know, I just sort of bounce off and in the end, like poof comes, <laughs> comes the pecs comes the pegs yeah but i don't know monday the first thing i don't know trying to find like crazy value see the boards who's got like a bad a bad number but i don't just bet a bad number like i gotta like a guy i gotta think yeah. he's gonna win i don't care if one book's got a 50 and another's got an 85 like if i don't want to bet the guy it doesn't doesn't matter what the number is yeah 85 to 1 justin rose it doesn't matter dog you know I I wouldn't be against betting just like like in general. I just think he's corny. Like that's it. I'll die on that hill. He's the corniest player on Careful. tour. He Careful. wishes he was like he wishes like being funny and like good at the game is effortless to him as it did like Stenson and Poulter. And guys like that, you can tell, aren't trying hard. It just comes, like, naturally to them and their personalities. But we don't need to turn Jesus this God. into, like, a rose <laughs> single here. Because I could, I'll, I'll keep going. I don't want to do that. All right. So looking at the uh, the, the shorter end of the uh, – kind of looking at DraftKings betting odds here, looking at the shorter end of the board here, who are a couple of the names that pop out for you? Who are you looking at to start your card off? Um. Well – how do I put this? I haven't seen Mayo as, as like gung ho about a pick in some time as he is about uh, Neiman Ooh. this week. And I think he got on Neiman at, at 22 to 1. He 
checks a lot of boxes, even doing our cut sweat on Friday. I know Pat was pretty high on Neiman. I am lucky enough, guys. I actually have a – I made this bet around Christmas, but one of the books did, like, defending champions to repeat, and they listed all of them. And, oh. and I bet Sungjae at the time at 33-1. to 1. That was the oh. number they hung up at it. So uh, I wish I put more on it. Uh, so I do have that. That is a bit of an exotic. Uh, I don't wouldn't want to bet sort of any of those guys. And I guess if I had to pick of the very top, I would just take Neiman for that bigger number and his ability to check lots of boxes here. Um, but yeah, I, I I have not made a bet uh, under thirty to one yet. I guess. Ooh, yeah, we like that on the Tour Junkies podcast. We like the longer numbers anyway, man. That's a uh, that's a hell of a deal on your. And I, I made two bets today. I made bets on Burns and Woodland, and they, they both, both withdrew. So I got money. I got money to burn now, boys. Dude. I got money to burn. There you go. Yeah. Well, I like Neiman at twenty to one. Actually, if we, I'm going with a shorter odds guy, I think Neiman is my favorite bet there. I mean, you talk about a field like this; it's as weak it is, is as it is. He definitely, uh, I think, can win for sure. Yeah, uh, you're getting him at twenty to one. I'm okay there. Um, so I don't like betting in this field at all with any of these short, you know, these shorter odds. But if I'm going to yeah. take one, it's certainly going to be Neiman. What's weird is for a course that that has so many landmines, and it does make sense for the long shots. I did bring it up to Mayo today. It has been pretty kind. Too chalk. Yeah. Um, last year, M was a perfect number in the mid 30s. He wasn't chalk from a betting odds, but he was popular. Uh, but Fleetwood got to the finish line. He was chalk. The year before, Keith Mitchell outdueled two chalk at the finish line in Brooks and Fowler. Uh, JT won here. That was chalk. Ricky won when he was still the Prince of Palm Beach at like a 12 to 1 here chalk adam scott won here uh he had to have been in the land the low chalk rory has won here with the low chalk so we do have our thompsons our patties and our um killa keiths mm. it, but but it, it literally seems like it's either a huge world ranking number or a really low world ranking yeah. number all that being said the field is worse than it's ever been Mm-hmm. So it does feel like this is like a great opportunity in that 40, 80 to one range per se. Even I know go farther back. There are a couple guys flirting with a hundred that, that I have already bet. So, so who are, who are the ones you've already bet? Give us those and we'll let you go. Okay. I, I bet steel. I lost, I got refunded on Burns and Woodland. So I was like, I don't know. I, I was in person there last year. I watched Steele have that great week. He's played well here. He is a ball striker. Um, you know, yeah, got to get lucky with the putter. But I'll handle a few missed putts if you're not in the water. Yeah. Like, well, you'll survive. You'll, you'll be fine there. Yeah. I'm a sucker for Matt Wallace at 66 to 1. And feisty Euros always climb this board. Um, I know the game has not been there in a few weeks, even going back to missing the cut. I want to say at, uh, I really, was that Puerto Rico? You have thoughts on Wallace? Yeah. Okay. So I had thoughts on Wallace. I wrestled with him. We didn't talk about him on the, on the DraftKings show that we've already done. 
But I went back and forth. I mean, I went as far as I could go on Fantasy National with him uh, today in doing some research. Uh-oh. And just yeah, it's not it's not nice, right? I just couldn't. I at the end of it, I just was like, I, I could, I just couldn't do it. Like I couldn't pull the trigger on it. Um, I think he does have. I think he's got a a, a high ceiling. Um, but I just don't. I couldn't. I couldn't pull the trigger on Matt Wallace. But I tried. I actually gave it a yeah, good try. I don't. You know what? This is also sometimes part of the process that that sometimes doesn't. Just kind of have it in my stomach that yeah. in this field, if he gets there on Sunday, like I like what he's about. The conditions are supposed to be horrible. Yep. Uh, people that have looked into it, I'm not really early when it's come, but people seem to be saying like it's supposed to be really windy and difficult here. You almost just hope your guys don't get blown up. But yeah, Steel at 40 and, and Wallace in the mid 60s is something that I have bet on. And then I got three longer shots that I've, that I've wagered. Roll them out. Let's go. Um, the I guess now the other lines could be all different, but I played uh KH Lee at a hundred to one. Um, Richie Warinsky at a hundred to one. This uh, I'm worried. This is going to be pretty popular. Once people decide like, no, it's a great bomb week. I think he's going to show up on a lot of people's cards. I said today on the podcast to Pat, if this event was last week, like let's say Bay Hill was a week ago, um, or, or I should sorry, let me rephrase that. If Honda just followed Bay Hill, yeah, Richie would have been in that forty to one range with like Keegan mm-hmm. and Steele and all those guys. So they played really well at Bay at, at the players. They get a bump. I don't want to hold anything that went wrong for guys at Sawgrass against them. I just, you kind of just forget about it because it's, I don't know, that's how I'll look at it. Sure, if they played well and I want to bet them, I'll use that to mentally justify the reason to pick them. But if they don't play well at Sawgrass, it's an easy place to mentally, like when you're going through the Fantasy National, to kind of ignore the Sawgrass stats. Um, So there's that one. And, uh, Couple people kind of pointed me in this direction, but Shez Shez uh, the numbers were quite strong last week. Looking at the fantasy national, or you know, he just got blown up in a couple couple spots. Keep the ball in play, yeah. little ball striking could have you could have you around. So those are sort of the three longer guys that have my attention here, and I made a strong case on the podcast this week. Well, to follow up Mayo's case that he feels like it'll be a great live event because of the weather, I'll make a case it's an even better live event because of how bad the field is. And what I mean by that is some of these books, and it's going to be March Madness this weekend, so yeah. they might even be slower to react. Ooh, I like they, that. They, um, you can catch some of them sleeping, yeah. but, but they put in the live value and the live betting, they put a lot of name value and name reputation into how they'll set the live lines as they're going. And a lot of this field is so scrub that to me, they wouldn't even like, no, like, oh, Richie, we're in these like Holly, that wouldn't even register with them. I've seen this in the jobber field events before, like plenty of times they, they, they wait way too long to sort of give respect to names that they've probably never heard of, but us sort of in this niche little bubble that like to do it. Yep. Um, 
you know, we acknowledge winning's hard, but you know, if you feel a guy's capable, could be a lot of opportunities this week. I like that. That's yeah. a that's a sharp take. They're going to be paying attention to all the March Madness stuff going on. Catch them sleeping in a really garbage field makes a lot of sense. Uh, Jeff, we really appreciate you being on the show, man. I know I only told you to be like 10, 15 minutes, but the people. No, I'm good. I, I'm just. The people scared. love you. We're, we, we're long overdue to have you on the show, and we appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, give them a follow at GFeinberg17 on Twitter. Obviously, you can check him out on all of the Mayo Media Network stuff, FTN. Uh, odds checker doing videos for those guys which is also a fantastic website to to shop your shop your numbers which you gotta do if you're not doing that that's just basic that's basic shit right there um thank you jeff we appreciate it man we'd love to have you back on yeah no any any times all the best boys it feels like i know you guys we never met one of these days though i'm gonna just it's all gonna work out it's all gonna work out i i feel it we made the biggest mistake of our tour junkies career not going to the dfs open last year and going to the freaking pga show instead or we would have had a nice hang there but the next dfs yeah whatever there'll be other there'll be other we won't let that happen again yeah all right boys be safe all the best thank you jeff you too later thanks jeff appreciate it man Jeff Feinberg, the one and only. Love the dude. Uh, appreciate him coming on. He'll be back on for sure. Uh, interesting picks there. I, I, you know, I, I wasn't... The KH Lee pick was kind of a long shot on my radar a little bit. Um, I, think it could, I think it could play. He's an accurate, very accurate player. I think he had a rough week with the putter. I'm not looking at it right now. I think he had a rough week with the putter at the players, but uh, typically a strong, strong suit for him. Uh, Before we get to the rest of our picks, listen, some of you guys need to quit some stuff. We talked about it earlier. Our boy Ben Little needs to quit making the chalk bomb the guy who's going to win the golf tournament. I mean, Um, what's fun about quitting, though? Yeah. What's fun? Starting something's better. Starting something's a lot of fun. But if you're going to start something, you might as well start with, I think, what you're about to talk about. Yeah, I mean, Ben Ben needs to, you know, he's smoking a lot of of cigarettes, honestly, because of the chalk bomb. But we're trying to get him to do something with our new friends at Lucy Nicotine, founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers who were looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. And finally, that tobacco alternative has arrived, and it does not suck. They've, Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Uh, each and every flavor tastes wonderful. And our buddy Ben is trying some as we speak. We sent him some from Lucy, and we're hoping that, you know, it just takes care of everything he needs to take care of. He's loving it. It's 2021, okay? Get rid of the cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nic- nicotine gum or some lozenges or lozenges. This is the real deal, okay? A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door every month. It's simple. You don't have to leave your house. Lucy has the delivery down. Tour Junkies listeners, you can go to lucy.co and use promo code TOURJUNKIES to get 20% off all products on your first order. That is all products, gum and lozenges, okay? Guys, lucy.co, use promo code TOURJUNKIES. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. But head over to lucy.com. Be sure to use that promo code TOURJUNKIES. All right, Pat, let's hit it. Short end of the book, short end of the odds, you know, Jeff kind of talked about it. It's, It's tough to pull the trigger less than 30 to one. It does feel like one of those years where the field is so weak, you know, and a lot of that, I mean, man, if you have a book that 
throws out the type of bets that Jeff just talked about where they, where they, you know, a lot of us in the States aren't privy to those yet. Jeff's in Canada up there. Okay. Being Canadian. Um, uh, you know, we don't have books that are going to say, Oh, here you go. Here's a defending champ bet for every tournament coming up. Like that's freaking awesome. You can look ahead at that, but if you'd have seen, you know, some of the changes in the scheduling and all that kind of stuff, the Honda got screwed because the Honda field is typically stronger because of where it falls on the schedule. The Honda's kind of screwed right now with the players moved up. You got the match play, a WGC event, even though it's match play, the WGC event's always going to take the cake. Masters is in a few weeks. Like it's just one of those spots where even guys that want to play here aren't going to play here. They're going to take the break. So to be able to hop on a number like it, you know, with Sungjae at 33 to 1, that's a great deal. So sometimes it's just about being in the right place and having the right options with your book. I don't have those options, therefore I'm not interested in in betting anyone shorter than that 30 to 1 number. Uh DraftKings hung a number on our boy Shane Lowry. We talked about him in the DraftKings preview. I know you like him. I'm sure he's on your list. He's like what what does DraftKings have him at? 29 to 1? Is that what they have he's him right 29 now? 29 to 1, which I think is a, you know. I think that's the first one I'm looking at. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned I don't mind Neiman, but I do like uh I do like him at 29 to 1 for sure. Right there with him, Adam Scott, which we have a bet on. Okay, if everybody, if you if you haven't None listened for me, if you haven't listened to the DraftKings show, Pat's number one fade in the DraftKings range was Adam Scott. My number one play was Adam Scott. So now we've got a bet going. It's a top fifteen finish bet. I, I believe that Adam Scott will finish top fifteen. I definitely think if he can do that, I think he can win. He's got. I think he has more win value and win equity than any other player in the field. Given his experience, given his his past history here, his just caliber overall, if he's having a good week, um, so the bet is a top fifteen, and the loser is going to have to drink in full during the show next week a uh, old English or a Colt forty five malt malt beverage, which is going to be disgusting. So um, obviously, I like Adam Scott, and you don't. After that. Uh, I'm getting into the 40s and the 60s range. You got anybody else in there or no? No, I'm you know not before we get into the 40 and the 50 range. I will say this, um, you know, real quick while it's fresh in our minds. I, I think um, Jeff made a very astute and sharp point about betting live in this event, and so I don't want to like make this all elementary, but some people actually might may not even have known what he was actually talking about. But what he's saying is after the after the tournament starts, you get Friday night numbers, Saturday night numbers, that kind of stuff. You know, we can have, um, you know, when you see those numbers, you know, betting them live in the middle of an event can be very advantageous, especially in an event like this. I think even last year, DB, like we don't bet a whole lot of events live, but this is one of them where I, I even bet, actually when you bet Keith Mitchell to win and had him, you know, whatever you had him at outright or whatever it was, I bet him like Saturday night and he was still at like 30 to one or 40 to one or something like that. I think this is an event where you see that happen. You know, he mentioned like you've got the, you know, the NCAA tournament going on. There's all kinds of different things going on. You can get some good numbers. I think that was very important. So if you are, if you're looking at a book and you can get those live numbers, which you should for most books, um, I think that's, that's something key to look at. He made a very good point. Love it. All right, getting into that kind of mid-range, which I do have a lot of names there. I mean, he, he talked about it kind of being that 40 to 80 range, and that's exactly... I mean, I got Lowry and Scott up top. I have two long shots, which is not like me to have only two long shots. 
Um, but the rest of it's just kind of tearing up the middle. So we talked about this guy on the on the DFS show. I, I think Chris Kirk is in. I'm in on him at 45 to one. I think he, you know, obviously had a really bad Sunday at the Players, but before that has been playing so 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 well. And like Jeff said, like it's easy to kind of throw out the players, especially one round at the players. He had a chance to win. I mean, he could have won on Sunday, um, but he just came out awful, and and it was lost very quickly. But he's been playing so well, and this course suits him. Hit fairways, hit greens, make putts. That's what Chris Kirk does. Forty-five to one. I like that. He mentioned Brendan Steele. I like that at forty-five to one. I'm all over that. We talked about him on the DFS show as well. Um, so. That's probably the that's the middle. I got a few sixty something to ones and some seventy to ones, but that's it for me. For me in the middle, I will start. I'm with you on on Steele. I liked him at forty five to one. I also like Keegan at fifty to one on points bet. I think that's a good number for him also. Um, and you don't like it, but I don't care. And I said it on the show. F it. I'm betting Ricky Fowler at fifty to one. Also, oh my god, you're going to bet him? Yeah. Okay, it's one thing to play him in DFS ownership blah 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 yeah, if he makes yeah, the cut both. if he makes the cut big if he does he has been making a lot of birdies i will say that he's been making a lot of birdies he's mm-hmm. been making a butt ton of bogeys and doubles so if he makes the cut in dfs and he's like four percent owned i can mm-hmm. kind of get down with that you're gonna tell me that ricky fowler pat come on man 50 to what to win yeah no. Yeah. What makes your condescending ass so fucking smart? <laughs> I the guy is a one in forever. Tell me the one you can tell me the one with you can say with a hundred percent certainty of your bets. I'm is not saying a hundred percent certainty. It's golf betting, but I'm saying he hasn't won in forever. Even when he was playing better, he's terrible right now. Like, how do you think he's actually going to pull out a win? If you want to bet him top ten, okay, okay. Who have you said? Who have you said that is like like you could is one in forever already? I mean, uh, when was the last time Adam Scott won? Brendan Steele's won before Ricky or since Ricky's last one. When did has Brendan Steele even won a PGA Tour event? Yeah, he's won twice. Chris Kirk, I think, has won. He's like won. in 1985? No. I don't know. Adam Scott's, Adam Scott's won since Ricky. Literally everyone I mentioned so far has won since Ricky's won. Every single player. Look, it's called gambling for a reason. <laughs> and I, I like Ricky Fowler at 50 to 1. On a course that he's traditionally played extremely well on, he showed some signs of some good play lately. I don't mind the play. I think there's so many guys in this field that you could bet because it's such a crappy field. You can't sit there and tell me that you you know you feel more confident about him than you do, or less confident about him than you do Taylor Gooch at thirty five to one. Are you freaking kidding me? I would not Come bet on. Taylor Gooch at thirty five to one. I, I do like Taylor Gooch, but not thirty five to one. Dude, okay, that's fine. I, hey, I'm happy you have your conviction on Ricky. You've definitely got it. It's just gonna. I, I tell you what, I'm gonna screenshot the text messages from Pat on Friday when he's pissed at Ricky and he's telling me and Ben don't ever let me play Ricky again Ricky it think sucks I'm gonna I'm screenshot it okay well I'm gonna, I'm gonna be it. doing the same thing for Adam Scott for you but that's okay alright uh, getting a little bit deeper into this range I I can't believe this this happened on the DFS show I'm gonna play Wyndham Clark and you're not which is super weird mm-hmm. but I'm gonna bet him not also at 66 to 1 
uh, a place where he's finished seventh. He's finished 11th here. You know, Feinberg talked about people that have things that, that they do really, really well, not like across the board guy, right? Wyndham Clark's a great example of that. He drives the ball really well and he putts. He's one of the best putters on the PJ Tour. That's a deadly combination. It could happen at any moment for Wyndham Clark, and this feels like a spot that it could happen. So 66 to 1 for him. A name that I didn't mention on the DFS show, but I kind of like as an outright bet on points bet at 70 to 1 is Adam Hadwin, the Canadian. Just, you know, if this is going to be a tough kind of grind it out, bunt the ball down the fairway hit you a long iron into the greens, save some pars, make some birdies when you have the chance. I think Adam Hadwin, another PGA Tour winner, is probably worth a look at 70-1. to He's making cuts. He's not really doing anything super flashy right now, but he's playing okay, and and the ball striking is always consistent and and decent. It's not like the wheels aren't going to completely fall off. After that, um, you stole stole my thunder on this guy in in the DFS show, so I'm going to steal it here. We both love some Michael Thompson at 90 to 1. Mm, yes. Former winner here. You would think he's a CPA or something, uh, but he's not. He's actually a PJ Tour professional. And he's actually, you know, kind of like Adam had when he's just fairways, greens, in regulation, maybe get hot with a putter and come out and win. Michael Thompson at 90 to 1 is interesting to me as well in this really weak field. I just think it's a good value. After that, I got one name that I love as a long shot, and I'll give that to you now, and that is Old Man River, AARP carrying, freaking qualifies for Social Security, Jim Furyk at 125. Old Man River, that old man river, he just keeps flowing, he just keeps flowing, Jim Furyk, that old man river. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're X Games mode. God, dude. You sing on every show now. What the hell is going on? Jim Furyk is 125 to 1 on points bet. He's 90 to 1 on DraftKings. 90 to 1 on DraftKings, 125 to 1 on points bet. Old Man River, Jim Furyk. I will bite that apple at 125 to 1. Yeah. Okay. I like Furyk. I don't mind him. A um, couple more for me. Um, and I'm not even going to throw stats. This is all. <laughs> These are some gut feels here. Ben on at 70 to 1. Oof. I just like him. Yeah. I, I don't care I, if he just made it a I know. I kind of damn hole. I, I'm, he hadn't won a PJ Tour event either, but I, he's a great scrambler. I don't know what's wrong with his irons, but I'm, I'm kind of tempted. He's. He's because I think the reason is we love his Twitter game right now. He's so fire yeah. on Twitter. And he's such and it, a yeah. everybody just wants such him to, a good attitude. He's yeah. still a good damn player, you know. Um, mm, he's got a new baby. Maybe yeah. strokes game oh. home life. You know, coming to play nappy factor. A little nappy factor there. Um, you know, you got a guy like Russell Knox at seventy to one. He's a you know he's a he's a good player. That's about all I can say. Uh, Johnny Vegas he's is got a, he's, one on. He's got a hot sister. That's about all I can say. Yeah. Uh, Hack TR one says that glorious gospel voice of old Pat Perry right there. The golden. Uh, I wasn't even pipes. expecting to do it, but when you threw out Jim Furyk, it just came up on you. Huh? It, it just came. It, it, it did hit it come me. from your loins? You know, sometimes, sometimes those things just hit you, and you just they. You sometimes know, you gotta. You gotta take that song to the market. Yeah, you got to take them to the market and you sell them. And you're like, hey, 
these are, this is my pipes. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say my, my pipe. pipe. My pipes are premium pipes. <laughs> or maybe they're not, but I'm still going to give them to you anyway. Um, I'm going to force you to take Longer odds, though. I like some Harry Higgs at 150 to 1. But you know where I really like them? Top 10, 14 to 1. Harry Higgs. We saw some, we saw some form out of him last week. He was he was the first round leader okay. for a little bit uh, in the in the players, and I think this is a this is a good spot for him. Made his cut the first year he played here last year, uh, and then I want to give you another top twenty. Scott Brown at twenty to one on DraftKings saw him play very well recently. I think he's made his last three or four cuts. Um, I think this is a good course for him. A guy like him who's just sort of a you know he doesn't get himself into a whole lot of trouble. He's not the longest off the tee. But he hits fairways, hits greens, um, can putt well in Bermuda grass. That's what he grew up on. So 20 to 1, top 20 for Scott Brown, I think, is a good number there. Man, those are huge top 20 numbers. Um, I got a few top 20s. I guess I guess I'll start shorter. At 4 to 1, I like Matt Neesmith and I like K.H. Lee. I think, uh, I think Feinberg mentioned K.H. Lee. I can buy into I can buy into Cageley. They're both four to one as top twenties. Both playing pretty well. Both good iron players. Um, accurate, whatever. Uh, I don't know. I'd kind of go. Uh, Are you sucking on a Lucy lozenge? Yeah, yeah. I got one of them Lucy lozenges. Lozenges. <laughs> uh, and then maybe Von Taylor at eight to one. I'm surprised you didn't mention old Von Taylor. That's a bomb at eight to one as a top twenty. I mean, there's no 20 to 1 as a top 20, but it's 8 to 1, top 20 Von Taylor. You know, good grinder core, good grinder guy, wind player. I think that's worth a look as a long shot, 20 to 1, or top 20 bet. All right, Pat. Good stuff. Always good to have Jeff Feinberg on the show, even though that was the first time, but it was, it was good, and we'll have him on again. Good stuff. Um, ready to make some money this week at the Honda. Don't sleep on the Honda. It's good stuff. Let's catch the books napping, people. Catch them snoozing. Catch them snoozing. Don't just be all up in your bracket. Your bracket going to be busted real quick, okay? You're not going to have the Cinderella story that made it all the way to the whatever. You're not going to get that. Just forget your bracket. Let's focus on the Honda. Let's, let's make some real Quan, okay? Forget your freaking bracket, all right? Give us a thumbs up on the YouTube channel if you're liking, if you're watching. Give it a like. Give it a subscribe. Comment what you think about Pat singing. Comment on uh, Bryson. Are you, are you, uh, could you be friends with Bryson? There you go. Comment that in the YouTube chat. Could you be friends? If so, why? If not, why not? That's, that's what I want to know. Um, yeah. And let's have a great week, Pat, for the Honda. Sounds good. Let's okay. Let's go do TJ After Dark, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. DB, see you.